Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Lars Lindstrom here, Creative Income. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, how are we doing? Yeah? Okay, good. I'm happy to hear it. Uh, this was a good week. It was a good week for me. I um, had a pretty great commercial and a photo shoot. That turned out well. The rentals were insane. Again, I think I mentioned that last week, but uh, I had pretty much just about everything go out this week. I had both both my um, trucks go out, my lighting trucks, and I had both camera packages out, um, some lenses. Yeah, it was a really great week for me. Uh, and it's it's looking pretty good. I'm, I'm up for a potential job uh, next week for eight days. And if it happens, it'll be really great. And um, it's me and one other DP right now. I find out tomorrow. So anyway, I will keep you posted on that one. Uh, the podcast, I, we, we did over 5,000 downloads. Congratulations, everybody. It's four months uh, in the making now and 5,000 downloads. It's a grind. You know what? It's crazy. I'll tell you what. I'm starting to put these on uh, YouTube and just just for fun. It's just I just want to see how the SEO behaves on YouTube compared to a podcast. And uh, I just like plugged in some words, some SEO words, and the Christo episode last week has got like over 100 views, and I, I haven't posted it anywhere. I'm like, where are you people coming from? How are you finding this? And I try to like search it organically on YouTube. I type in Christo, and like literally a billion other videos pop up before mine. But uh, anyway, it's uh, they're there. If, if YouTube's your format, if you want to experience this podcast on the screen instead if that's your thing maybe you're working at a computer and you're doing some background stuff then head on over to youtube and and uh, search for creative income with lars lindstrom or creative income podcast i think it's no it's creative income with lars lindstrom there we go the definitive answer and uh, check us out we're also on uh, instagram at creative income uh, podcast you can follow us there and if you want to suggest someone be on the podcast I'd love to have a, a message show up in my inbox if you guys think that you know someone that uh, should be on the show anyway let's jump into this episode uh, Eman is an old high school friend of mine actually he's a studio drummer live drummer um, incredibly talented built a recording studio to to track during the uh, pandemic and uh, he's he's a drummer for Andy Grammer lots of other musicians Um if you're not a musician, still listen to this episode because he drops some insane knowledge about how he charges people now that he's a little bit more established. It blows my mind. It scared the hell out of me, to be completely honest. But um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Here we go. E-Man, thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Happy to, happy to be here. Uh, <sighs> what a an trip. Old, an old friend. An old friend. A yeah. very old friend. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, for the listeners, um, we actually knew each other in high school. I think we had a couple. Do you remember what classes? It was like English and Spanish maybe or something like that. Do you remember what classes I, we had? I don't know. I was a terrible student. Me too, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should actually probably talk about that. Um, how yeah. we were just absolutely terrible in school and somehow we're, we're making it. We're surviving. So, don't yeah. beat your kids up too much, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Well, let's just jump in. Go ahead and tell everybody what you do and, uh, and, and we'll start there. Uh, my name is E-Man. Uh, I am a professional musician in Los Angeles. Uh, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, what does um, it mean, you man? <laughs> it, it you know it means it means you have to do like ten ten different things to not be broke all the time. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I am uh, I play drums. That is my craft, yeah. right? If we break this all down, 
I've been playing drums since I was a kid. I think I, I remember being two or three and playing in church. Amazing. Um, so that's my craft, whatever the heck that means. And then, you know, you go to school, you go to high school, you, you start, um, you start doing these things where you learn a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then the, the craft gets better eventually get to a point where it's like how, how do you make money doing this and for me I, I was fortunate I went to Citrus and they kind of just threw you in the fire and they had like what's called a working band so like a what how do I say this? it's like a wedding band oh cool. a wedding band for all in, for the best, so, the best so, way to so do so it so people can call and say hey I've got an event I need a band and you guys are on campus and it's like a class maybe like a curriculum or, or like a correct and then you, you go and you perform and you make yeah, money yeah and so you know somebody would and, and all that money would go to the school right okay. back into the school and so the program would kind of uh, take care of itself yeah sounds very and, very much like college yep yeah and uh, so I did that for a few years and then once I left that uh I got an audition. I moved to Europe for a bit, lived in Europe for a while, came home, was living with my parents in a garage kind of vibe and trying to figure it out. And, you know, along the way you make friends and you make mm-hmm. relationships. And uh, a friend I knew from college had become the MD for uh, like a PBS special kind of a thing. So he became they, the what? Uh, the the musical director MD okay. short. Okay. You're, you know um, I've got a film background, man. So I might uh, you might have yeah, to educate yeah. me a couple times. What, what is M- is MD exist in film background? Uh, no MD isn't that like a medical doctor? <laughs> I guess <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah, like, you say MD and that's what my mind jumps to. Yeah. So we. Uh, yeah. So he uh, he had this. He was working with this artist who had done a PBS special and the PBS special was going to tour for a bit. It was like a, a week run or something. It was, it was a really simple run. And uh, I went out with that and, and you know, the, the snowball just kind of happens. Like you realize what's cool to do on, on the road, what's not cool to do on the road, you how to behave all, uh, all the etiquette stuff happens. And these really early, nobody really cares about, except for maybe the artist kind of a gig. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're meeting people along the way. You're you're making friends, blah blah blah. Now, what I've been doing over the last five or six years is I've been touring with this guy named Andy Grammer. Oh, haven't heard of him. Yeah, nobody knows who he is. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, yeah, I've been touring with him, and I've been his drummer for that long. So that's how I make my money. But along the way, there's been a bunch of other things where I've made great money or shitty money or can I curse on this? God, that's the th- I didn't want to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like awesome. every person drops a f-ing F-bomb <sighs> and then, and they go, Oh, can I curse? It's like, no, just do it. I'm sorry to the listeners. I'm just, I have a terrible potty mouth. I, I, and, I'll probably avoid the F-bombs. Everything else is fair game. Okay. All good. So, um, you, you, uh, <laughs> you make all these friends. That's a good F word. You make all these friends and you start working. And so, like I said, I've been working with Andy for the last five or six years mm-hmm. and that's where I am. Uh, and along the way I've done, you know, sessions and studio stuff and other tours and church gigs and wedding bar gigs and bar gigs and every type of gig you can think of I've, I've done. And is that uh, just out of necessity or is that just because you, you love what you do or you're just trying to make money? Yes. I think there's part of me that's like, um, I, I grew up really poor, mm. like really poor. And 
part of me is like, I never want to be poor. Never, ever do I want to be poor. So, uh, you kind of do gigs you don't want to do, but at the same time you're doing because you get to play drums. Like I would much rather, much rather play at the worst wedding ever and make 75 bucks than ever have to go do a day job. Yeah. This is how I am. No, that makes sense. I like that. I, I'm at the point now too where it's like my my thing was my yeah I think I mentioned this in one of my other episodes my brother-in-law mentioned he goes I don't know man that freelance lifestyle just scares the hell out of me like I don't know how you guys li- live not knowing what's coming up and I go well let me just throw it to you this way I'm at the point now where one source of income right which you're doing scares the hell out of me like yeah. if, if I only had money coming in from one person and that person maybe wakes up one morning and decides he doesn't like you anymore. She doesn't like you anymore. Like you're you're, done. you're completely out of the job. Like your income goes from 100% to 0% in a day. And and maybe I've got 20 people on my roster that uh, kind of cycle through and maybe only one a year contacts me. You know, but yeah. uh, but I if that person gets pissed off and drops out, I've got 19 that are calling <laughs> and I can eventually replace that one. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. I, I am at the point now where the freelance lifestyle was like the only lifestyle. I, I couldn't possibly imagine having that nine to five with one employer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, um, I, I yeah, I don't know how to, I, I, I would not function in a normal environment. <laughs> I barely function in this environment. <laughs> right. Bare, like barely, yeah. you know? So, yeah, well there's, yeah. there's a lot of musicians I think that, uh, that don't make a living doing what they love, right? They're they're kind of just hobbyists and they they are maybe incredibly talented, but they don't really know how to make money. Uh, what advice do you have for musicians starting out? Uh, if that is something they want to do, maybe quit that day job. They don't want to code anymore and they want to, heaven forbid, become a studio drummer. Um, well, the, the yeah. irony of all this is that I know people who are coding right now that are musicians or, or picking <laughs> up some sort of like, you know. Side hustle. Uh, yeah, side hustle or, you know. Like uh, oh my gosh, I'm going blank. But like, Andy like Grammer, the, right? The, Andy Grammer codes on the side. <laughs> <laughs> like the digital, like the the digital marketplace stuff. You know, um, there's a lot. I know a lot of people that have done that, or 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 things of that. A side hustle is the best way to say it. But my advice would say, if you have a day jo- a day job and you want to do this for a living, whatever this is, because this is so gray. Yeah, you, you musician. Yeah, there's so there's say, so many different uh, outlets, right? That it becomes absolutely yeah, absolutely. So I would say, what you need to do is take every gig that comes your way, mm. every terrible wedding gig, every terrible bar gig, every church gig that you don't necessarily align with <laughs> uh, on a spiritual level. You know, if you, if you or an have artistic the, level, I, I or, see that yeah. an enormous amount with my industry in the film industry. It's like. I've met a lot of DPs that don't starting out that, that won't take certain gigs because they're above it or it's not creative yeah. or artistic enough for them. And I think that that's a terrible thing to do starting out. I think once you establish yourself and now you're an established drummer, I think that maybe you could be a little bit more choosy, but, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, other DPs or people, anybody starting out, I love that advice. Just do everything. You, yeah, you, you're trying you to make have a to. You have you can't say no, otherwise yeah. you're gonna starve or you're gonna you're gonna end up being you know coding pissed off because it never it didn't work out for me. It's like well, it probably did. Yeah, and you know I I'll I've definitely shut stuff down where, um, 
somebody called me and I was like, ah, there's going to be like one person I don't want to see, but I need like the hundred bucks. You know, we're talking a few years ago and it's like, you know what? Maybe I should have just done it. I don't know who else would have been there. Yeah. Who else may have been there? And that's, that's a, I honestly think like the, the greatest successes of my life have been because I decided to hang out or do something I didn't want to do. Same. I had a whole podcast yeah. on it just a, a month or two ago about the power of free. And I, it's like, yeah. I could, I can literally trace like almost my entire career back to like two free gigs or like really yeah. low paying gigs, you know? Yeah. Where you eat somebody will buy you lunch or something. Exactly. Which also brings another point to me. Yeah. If, if I'm in the position of hiring somebody mm-hmm. and I can't pay them, I will always like buy them lunch, buy them dinner. It's the least you, you know, can do. do. Something. It's the least It's the least you can do, even if at, at the time that's the most you could do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. And people definitely did that for me. So I'm very thankful. Cool. Well, you're obviously incredibly intel- talented. I mean, I think that goes, like, this isn't a, how did you become talented podcast? This is a, <laughs> how do you make money being so talented podcast? Um, and yeah. I, I follow you on Instagram and I apps, I, I'm a drum like person though. I love drums. I'm constantly drumming on my, my body. Yeah. My wife has threatened to buy me drum pants. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. those like little MIDI controller drum pants. Oh my gosh. No, I want to see those. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I, it's like a nervous tick. Actually, anybody on set that works with me knows that when I start drumming, yeah, that means that I'm nervous. We're not moving fast enough. Uh, and it's like, that's just the thing when large drums on his body, we got to oh move my faster. Gosh, that's funny. So, so I, lo- I love watching you on Instagram. Uh, cause I just think what you do is really incredible. And, um, Thank so, you. but let's, uh, let's break that down a little bit. I I'm curious. Um, do you track for Andy grammar too, or you just tour? Yeah. 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 I've been fortunate to, uh, record, uh, on his last record and his upcoming record. Um, you know, either at a studio or stuff out of my spot here. Oh, cool. Um, cool. At yeah. your spot too? Yeah, I have a, a great studio at my house. Um, yeah, so let's let's start breaking down some of your revenue sources then. All right, so yeah. um, at this current moment, would you kind of break us or, or walk us through some of your different revenue uh, streams? Yeah, okay. So uh, in a non-pandemic uh, altering year well and then we're going to talk about that too yeah um my 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 primary source would be touring with andy okay where i'm what's what's called a uh uh retainer musician with him so regardless of how many shows i play with him in a year regardless of how many tours i do um i would just be paid the same it's a salary think of it as a salary sure i just I work for his company. When they need me, I'm there. I show up, and he has priority. Hmm. It's that simple. That's number one. Number two would be doing recording sessions for other artists or live shows for other artists. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that's at big-name studios in L.A. Sometimes that's at my no-name studio here in where I live. Mm Mm-hmm which I won't disclose the location because I think that's weird when people do that. Yeah, it's a 565 um, uh, East. Just kidding. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not too far from you are. Yeah. From where you are. So, that's, that's cool. I so like that we both ended up in Glendora again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was so, I not supposed um, to say that? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so it's, um, it you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it, that's kind of how I make my money, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll do a church gig or I'll play a live gig somewhere. But, you know, for the last five or six years, that's been it. Sometimes you get 
what I like to call the golden egg or the golden nugget, which is you play on a song and it does really well, and suddenly you have royalties coming in. Yeah. Or you sing on it. And so I've had a couple things that have gone to a sync, and then I made a ton of money because What's of that? that sync. What's a sync? A sync is when a song gets used for a commercial, TV, um, film, whatever. Mm. Um, and I've sang backgrounds on one thing that did incredibly well, and it got a sync with Apple Whoa. for an iPhone. I, it was either the 6 or 6S or 7. I don't remember. So for you know a few months, that's that was huge. That was like life-changing kind of money. So Amazing. So, yeah, so talk to me, what do you do with that like, kind of money? So you got you have all of a sudden this huge influx of money coming in. Are you reinvesting it in your studio? Are you trying to buy more assets, things that can then make well, you more money? When that happened, that was kind of the very first time I came into like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, I need to do something to protect this money. Mm-hmm. So that went into certain types of savings. I went into purchasing a home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was know, life-changing this, money. Yeah, it, it, that's what happened for me. Are you comfortable sharing some sort of ballpark uh, over those those couple months, or do you have any um, idea of how much it ended up being? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you because at some point it got over a number where, and I'm not talking a million. Okay, and I'm not I'm not even talking five hundred thousand. I'm just saying like at some point it got over a number where it's like, I think I'm cool for a while. <laughs> Right, yeah, and okay. I'm sure you've you've had money come in that way where you're like, I could probably like chill for a few months. I have, yeah, yeah. I did a film for Viacom last year that that was pretty good. I was chill money for a little bit, and then I I every once in a while I'll produce a commercial, and that's pretty chill money as well. Yeah, so yeah, I think everybody has some form of that, and that's all so relative because if your lifestyle you require five hundred grand a month to live on. <laughs> You're coming into a lot of money is going to be a lot bigger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, excuse well, me. Well, cool. So, you, you bought a home in Glendora. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And Glendora's yeah. a great place. It's really nice. It's a nice neighborhood. It's a nice yeah, uh, place we, to we live. Yeah, we grew up here. Yeah. Um, for me, I was living in Pasadena before, mm-hmm. and the amount of time it would take me to get to the airport, because that's kind of where, you know, LAX is, is home, second mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to LAX... From Pasadena and Glendora at 7 a.m. takes the same amount of time. Same amount of time. Yeah. Same amount of time. So it totally agree. That doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. Great, man. Well, yeah. so so is that uh, your biggest investment, you think, your house? That and some of the audio gear that I have. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about the audio gear then. So you're... Yeah. I, I want to know how you've been able to build a studio because recording studios aren't cheap. There's a lot of really specialty gear that goes into it. Um, and, and if it was worth it for you, if it's more of like a humble brag that you have this stuff or if it's something that you need to generate more income. Um, I think at some point when you're recording any sort of music, it's kind of like what they say, like the best camera you have is the one in your pocket, right? Of course. Yeah. So the best recording situation I would have is what's immediately available to me. Yeah. That could be a shitty microphone and I clap and that clap gets sampled and ends up on a number one that could be it (laughs) right that's never happened for me but yeah you've probably heard of it happening oh yeah i definitely know people who have recorded one of my favorite stories is uh an artist i worked was working for called me and said hey throw me the kitchen sink everything you got (laughs) cool took me three hours i sent it back 
another guy got the same call from the producer of that song, and he sent it back in an hour. Who do you think made the record? The hour. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not because, well, it is. he is incredible, and he is arguably the, like, this generation's greatest studio drummer, like my generation. Hmm. Um, but what's amazing is that he probably just used one microphone because I heard I heard the parts the parts made the record and I had to learn those parts (laughs) so I know that he probably used a microphone or two and got it out as soon as possible he heard what was missing and he found that 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 uh, void and filled it yeah so Hmm. me saying I have good gear is only so I can not have to work as hard like if if you can have everything in the box or in Logic or Pro Tools, um, sure, great. I mean, how many times have you have to have you had to fix lighting on something? Oh, um, you mean every day of my life? Exactly. Okay. So with with music with recording drums, people think like drums are just one instrument. The truth is, each individual part is an instrument. Yeah, you've got like 12 instruments on a set of drums. Exactly. And so you have to blend them all together. And the best way to blend them all together is if they're, you know, recorded well. And there's so much crap that goes into that. And I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. But having really good gear makes that process way easier. Yeah. Just just does. So it's it's more convenience then for you. 100%. 100%. More, more than the money-making aspect of having a studio, it's more convenient. And I, and I actually think that that was my original reason for buying camera equipment, was mm. that for me, uh, it was just way more convenient to get a last-minute call and to not have to scramble to try to find you know to, someone that I could rent a camera from to go shoot a small gig that I'd maybe make $250 on or $300 on. Um, but the convenience of owning camera gear was at first anyway, better than the, than the additional money that I was able to make from it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's not, that's not cheap, right? No, no. Camera stuff's <laughs> not cheap and, and it just gets more and more expensive. I'm at the point now where I, it's not so much the case. Like it is and it isn't. Like I love the convenience of, of being able to say, what's the project that sounds like more of a vintage lens set. And then just like pulling one of my vintage lenses or that's an anamorphic and we pull those lenses, you know? So it's like, and I've got, got those it. options now. Um, because I've been able to rent all this equipment on projects and actually make money from it, that yeah. uh, now I can just be a little bit more creative and and kind of you know. But I, it's still convenience. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent convenience and it, and it's speed. How fast can I get this thing done? Yeah, and the truth is, my clients love it too. Like maybe I'm giving them a discount on the camera for some gigs and not on others, and they understand that. And so it's like. But they they do know that it's one COI, it's one certificate of insurance, and I bring the lights, I bring the trucks, I bring the camera, and everything's like there. So it's convenient for producers too. Um, and I don't have to worry about like, oh man, my least favorite thing in the entire world was submitting gear lists for um, <laughs> like my, what I needed for my grip and electric, my gaffers and key yeah. grips. It was my least favorite thing in the entire world. So that was another reason I ended up investing oh in lighting gosh. gear. And do you do you like pay to store it in a special place or mm-hmm. is it just kind of Yeah, I park like, it at there's a studio lot in Burbank that I park it in. It's twenty four hour, it's secure. They've great. got a guard there. And uh great. yeah, it's I, and, and then I in my cameras I park in a rental house in town called Boca. Oh cool. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. So I know nothing about that world. But yeah. you know, I know that some of my gear is, is at a place called Mate's Rehearsal Spot. Cool. Or Mate's Rehearsal Studio, that's the name of it. And 
Nice. You know, like my big touring cases are there. I don't need to worry about them. Cool. Those don't, those don't belong anywhere near a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you so do you get any kind of kickback or rental from them? Uh, no, nothing because they they don't get rented out. Oh, it's gotcha. just storage. Yeah, yeah just it's storage. just storage. I did that one time where I rented out, you know, some some cases for to a to a friend, and it was like three hundred bucks or something for like it's six not worth months. It. Yeah, it's not worth it, and it gets beat up. Mm-hmm. You know, you the the. I think the difference between your world and our world is for for people to <laughs> to really have a good career in your world, they treat everything really nicely, <laughs> and they're most most of the time familiar with what they're grabbing, mm-hmm. right? With what they're taking out of a case, they better sometimes, be. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you you go to a a place. And your drums will literally be thrown in their case or pushed up a set of stairs or yeah, by they're people still, who, still take care who just are there for three hours to make 60 bucks. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. That's a gig. In their world, that's a gig, mm-hmm. and that's great. But No, that happens in my world, too. Like, there's yeah. there's people that just, you know, it's like my, my big lighting truck I won't send out without one of my guys driving it. And, oh, and managing great. it. And so, unfortunately, I, I can't have that luxury with camera stuff. But at the rental house, at least they they QC things and take care of things. Oh, that's anyway, great. Anyway, we can, let's get back. We'll get back to to, uh, to your studio. Uh, <laughs> how much money have you put into building your recording studio? Uh, let's see. I, I know this because I went way over budget initially. Mm. So, I did the thing where you take your garage and convert it. Okay. Mm. Uh, I saved a bunch of labor costs because I did it with my dad and I. Nice. Um, I want to say building was like 10 or 15 mm-hmm. K and then audio is at least another 20. Okay. So you're maybe yeah. $35,000 into the studio. Are you, yeah. are you charging an hourly rate for the studio services? There is no set price. And I love that. I started doing a thing a couple of years ago where it, it does two things. One, I never have to talk about money because that's the one thing that nobody ever wants to talk about. Hmm. And two, it weeds out the people I don't ever want to work with. Interesting. So my Bre- approach, yeah, break that break that down. <laughs> my approach, especially during like like this this pandemic time. Lars calls me and says, "Hey, man, I got your number through somebody and." I need you to play drums on three songs. Mm-hmm. Great man, send them over. That's the conversation. Yeah. I never expect you to pay me any money. I want you to. But if you if you come at me and you go, I got like 25 bucks for three songs. I'm still like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you end up paying me 25 bucks for playing on three songs, I know you don't value what I do hmm. and I'll never work with you again. That's fascinating. That's a little scary though, isn't it? Going into gigs? No. It's so freeing (laughs) because you're not dependent on the money. You're not, obviously I want it. I want you to pay me $600 or $700 a song. Mm -hmm. But I know that you might not be able to do that. And for you, some artists might have a hundred bucks and this is, they know this is it. That's all they have. I don't want to be the guy that's like, Hey, I can't make your dream come true because you can't afford my seven hundred dollar per song rate. Hmm. But maybe they will eventually. 
maybe one maybe day they'll, 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 they'll remember and go, you know what? E-Man's drums were incredible on that track. We should definitely, now that we have some money, go back to E-Man. Exactly. And what ends up happening a lot of the times is, is uh, like I work with this artist, I won't name her, and she, we nev- n- never have talked about money. Never. Never, mm-hmm. never, never. But every once in a while, she'll just Venmo me a few hundred bucks. And it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. That's, see, I can't do that. That, uh, oh, sorry, I bumped my mic. Uh, I, 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 was, I was so flustered by what you're telling me right now, I bumped my mic. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I have to like, dude, it's like the Clint Eastwood standoff. Anytime someone, the first thing they do when they call me, it's like, what's your budget? Like, what's your rate? What's your budget? What's your rate? You know what I mean? It's like that's yeah. that, That's like the very first yeah. question. I, I I know that's true for me and probably just about everybody else that uh, <laughs> I work with right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for example, I can think of a, a situation. I won't again. I'm not going to name any artist, mm-hmm. but there's an artist I had been working with, and I had done some work with him live, and I knew what he was paying me live. Great. I went into the studio to go record some stuff for him, and I not once brought money up. Not you were once. just maybe expecting the same live rate. Yeah, like that seems like a fair expectation. Mm-hmm. They paid me five times more. Wow! So like, it worked out great. <laughs> and there's been other times where you know, you you play on a song for somebody or you. You play, you know, you, you do something and you're doing them a favor and you know you're doing them a favor and they don't pay you anything mm-hmm. and they just walked away with this gift. Mm-hmm. Well, my drums are still going to end up on that record. Yeah. Somebody's going to hear it. Somebody else is going to say like, oh, that shit's dope. Mm-hmm. I want gonna that see your guy. name eventually. Yeah. And then the best part about all this is when that person has to go like, what did, what did he charge you? The, the psychological emotional probably not <laughs> thing that that person has to go through at that moment is is gonna pay more than any amount of money nah that guy's going get this you're not gonna believe this he was free and I didn't pay him anything yeah and, and you know what maybe that's what happens and then that person that other person will come up to me and they'll they'll ask me a, a, can you play on a song it's like yeah um, and can I pay you what the last person paid me? So like, you know what? They didn't pay me anything, but if there's, if you have money, great. If you don't, great. That's how I approach everything now. So that's not the industry standard, I would assume. No. Uh, so how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm assuming I that you- I don't care about the industry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Spotify exists. Yeah. So are you just banking on the fact that you're going to be doing tours and you're going to make a lot of money doing, or studio tracking, or is it just- a- I'm not banking on anything. Wow. I'm just banking on like, I want to be a good hang. Mm-hmm. And and I wasn't like this. Yeah. Like I, I this is very recent for me. Yeah. Um <laughs> This is but, all because of that life changing money that came in a couple years ago. And now, oh, that, and now was you're more, set for life. that was almost ten years ago, maybe. Oh, man, you're so right. So it's like for me now it's like this is the easiest way to work with who I want to work with. Yeah. And I don't ever have to think about it. I don't. Hmm. I just played on four songs for some dudes that I know from when I was a kid hmm. didn't talk about money once <laughs> the singer sent me a few hundred bucks and the guitar player sent me a few hundred bucks cool great awesome I don't care like it, in this industry like I think I've definitely been this person before like I won't do it for that money it's like well 
I should just do it. I'm going to learn something along the way. That's fascinating. And I, and I don't think that, uh, I necessarily agree with that uh, method <laughs> or no, that's fine. And maybe in one, in a year or in five years, I'll be bumming it on the streets. We don't yeah. know. No, 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 but, probably not. You're too talented to be doing that. But I do know that since I started doing this, the way I perform on somebody's song is the purest it can be. Hmm. So what's the future then? So so are we just going to continue just tracking until we're, uh, or you know, just, are we doing only Andy Grammer right now when he's doing on uh, going on tour? Are we doing hopefully getting on more people's tours? Like what's the what's the plan for the future? I mean, as far as I know, I have some stuff coming up with Andy uh, in the summer and in the fall. Uh, not not tours, but you know, fly dates. Um, that's you go for a weekend or two. Uh, some of that and then just recording from home that's it wow and it's 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 been so like freeing to not really have to care and that's not and and don't get me wrong I'm not making crazy amounts of money even when I do that it's like Mm. I make a decent living yeah but um taking money out of it has been the best thing possible and I feel that the return has been better wow do you think you're a better performer because of it? 100%. When I play on somebody's song and I don't have to think about, mm, how much time should I spend on this? They're only paying me 75 bucks. Wow. They're only paying wow. me 400 bucks. They're mm. only paying me 1000 bucks. Mm. It's like, why should I treat the person who's paying me 1000 bucks any better than the person who's paying me 75 bucks? Yeah, you shouldn't. technically shouldn't, right? You shouldn't. And for me, it's hard not to do, not to separate those. Mm. But when I take the money out of the equation it's really easy to never separate those just be the best just be the best always and some people can be like well you know i'll give my 100 percent because they're paying me 75 bucks and they're paying me a grand i can't do that i just can't it's not how i'm wired yeah the money takes over wow so i i would assume that uh no no this is great actually i actually love it i i feel like i'm learning stuff here too i'm like wait is so money isn't the answer to everything hold on hold on uh unraveling you know Uh, what money isn't money isn't the answer but money is a problem fixer it is so so that's that's i guess the best way i think yeah so so let me ask you this um if you didn't have your studio set up uh by 2020 what would that year have looked like? Oh, I probably would be working at Amazon or something. <laughs> Coding. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't even code. I'm too stupid to do that. <laughs> I can barely count to four. Uh, I mean, it's like. I know you can count to eight. I know you can at least do that. <laughs> I've seen it on um, your Instagram. Good, good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I probably would be working some sort of job that I hated. Wow. So I'm thinking to, about how little amount of money they're paying me for the amount of work I'd be doing. Yeah. So, so, it, you know, 2020 is, uh, what's the, what's the saying? Hindsight is 2020. There you go. <laughs> um, talk to me about the importance then for other musicians to have some sort of safety net or, uh, other streams of income and not just being relying on one thing like live gigs. Oh yeah. I mean, I saw it happen. A lot of dudes at the, you know, come April last year, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this thing's, we're going to be shut down for a while. Yeah. And I saw them go on Sweetwater and buy, you know, five grand worth of stuff. And I, if I was in that position, I wouldn't have done that. 
Hmm. I would have saved the money because I knew this thing was going to be at least a year long. Yeah. Um, Why wouldn't you have done that then? Because weren't they, weren't they making an effort to be able to track from home? Be, because then the market gets saturated. Hmm. And unless you're the guy that plays with the biggest pop star on earth, nobody wants you on their songs. When hmm. they can hire the other guy who'll cost 300 bucks or the other guy that costs 75 bucks or the the jerk who doesn't charge you anything and <laughs> never thinks about you're going to pay him what he's worth right <laughs> yeah um but all that being said i think i i yeah i, I don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know what shitty job i'd be doing you know what i mean so moving forward did that give you any inspiration or any insight into uh different income streams in the future are you uh maybe looking at um, composing or anything like that uh, in, the, in the field or maybe tracking other bands coming in or other yeah, artists. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. definitely, you know, I had friends who didn't have a place to record and I was like, hey, why don't we just split the thing down the middle? Whatever they're paying you, let's split it down the middle. I'll record you. I'll take care of all the crap that you have to do. Like when you record, okay, this is my favorite part. And if you ever hire somebody to record something for you, that's like a single musician, right? Mm-hmm. So if you hired me to play drums on your song, it's something you guys should keep in mind. I'm playing drums, having to set up the correct drums, having to mic put mics on the drums to capture that, engineer the session, produce myself, take your advice or take your input, do it again probably, export everything, upload everything, that's usually what it takes. Yeah, so that's well, like seven jobs. So I'm, that's I'm, seven I'm, I'm, jobs. You're, you're like uh, probably a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars an hour. Uh, exactly. Is what I'm gathering. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I wish. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> what I'm getting at is that you have to just kind of keep that in mind when you hire people, and that will. Uh, is this even answering the question? I'm sorry. I think I went on a tangent. No, it's okay. I was just asking, like, um, what the are you looking in the future? Are you looking at the Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. what I was getting to was like, I'm already doing that. I'm already helping people who don't have this set up come in. They can record drums. They can record guitars, record string sections, record, you know, whatever. Yeah. I can do that. Um, also, what I've been doing is uh, a lot of times I just I, I work for this company called Splice right now and that's kind of been a great thing that happened in the last year where I basically make drum loops for them that's it yeah and I'm there's like close to a thousand that you could probably download right now and what's that kind of revenue so it, I, ideally someone says I just need some loops right now or just just like they're trying to create a beat and they just find some loops and how much do they download it for? And it's, I'm assuming it's like a 50-50 split. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know the percentages I make mm-hmm. off of, a, a, you know, whatever amount of downloads it would be. And I, I don't think I can share that legally. Mm. But um, because there's so many creators that have different arrangements. But what sure. I make is fine. And the, you know, the, the I, yeah, I got an advance. So the advance is fine. And it's like... Uh, yeah, it's chill. It's fine. Whatever. Like, <laughs> you man, should I be worried? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, man, it's cool. Uh, no, yeah, I am fine. Like, That's you know awesome. what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it's like, like even if I have no money, 
I can take every piece that I have in in this studio and sell it for the same or more than what I paid for. Yeah, but then you really don't have any money. And that's it's like that I I exactly. kinda, I have that but problem that's what too, I, right? Where but it's that's like, what I mean. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. It's like that's the absolute worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. the, it's know, like sell and, everything and, and go work for Amazon, worst case scenario. Yeah. I could sell this house for almost three times what I paid for it. Yikes. That's awesome. That's an investment right there. Right? Man. So, like, I, that's always in the back of my mind, too. Like, I have this this other safety net that has nothing to do with actual physical money. Mm-hmm. It's just this stupid building <laughs> that somebody thinks is worth something. Uh-huh. And this is, like, a very, like, I guess... <laughs> hippie way i don't know what's what's the word i'm looking here like uh like uh, crazy crazy i guess yeah 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 Yeah, but you know it's like because of the way i grew up i know what it's like to have nothing yeah and so i'm every day constantly thankful for every little bit that i do have and so Hmm. i've seen people be generous with me and i want to be generous with others that's awesome and that's not who i was even two years ago that's but now i am yeah. And I'm okay with that. That's really fantastic. Well, I think that's uh that's probably a marker of success. Honestly. Hey, maybe. Maybe. Um or just stupidity. No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> no, no, maybe maybe it is. And and you know what? <laughs> uh No, but I and I am I'm completely joking when I say that cuz I do the same thing. There's there cuz there are people that I know that I've worked with in the past that have paid me very generously that when the phone rings, it doesn't matter how much they're they're exactly. paying me. It's I know I'm going to take the job. It's for the hang. It's I, for the hang. I just go, it's for the, exactly right. It's for the hang. I like you. Yeah. You've paid me well in the past. I don't really care what you have on this project. We're going. Yep. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, if Andy called me right now and said like, dude, I need you to play on 15 for free. songs. For free. Sure. Yeah, you got it. Sure. Yeah. You got it. Absolutely. That's really cool, man. Um, musicians and creatives don't have benefits we don't have insurance we don't have 401ks uh what are you doing for retirement do you have that um, in mind yet yeah so you gotta at least have an ira mm-hmm. i mean some form of that yeah um i've been fortunate like i said i do have a salary job and that pays you benefits that pays me benefits incredible um that's the best of both worlds right there it is and um you know my partner also has a job where you know, the medical is taken care of and Incredible. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, you know, one way or another, it's got to get paid. And, you know, I, as far as medical stuff, for the longest time, I was just paying out of pocket and it's mm. expensive. It yep. is. Um, and I've never been to the doctor wow. since. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least, at least give me like a messed up toenail or something. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I just, I just I uh, just tore my rotator cuff. I don't know if I told you. No way. Yeah, well, it's a par- partial tear, uh, mountain biking, like three, four weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it's it's been a nightmare, dude, trying to, like, because I went to my, first of all, it's like you have to wait two weeks before you can see your doctor. And then he's like, yeah, it's probably a tear. We can't do anything about it. Uh, we can't give you an MRI or an X-ray. You have to go across the hall to get an X-ray. And that's another, you know, copay and another insurance thing and then you go see a sports doctor because they can't do anything and the sports doctor goes yeah it's probably a partial tear um we don't have an mri machine but i can ask your insurance to and it's like why oh my god why is my doctor asking permission for my insurer to get an mri when he would like to have an mri 
Oh my gosh. First of all, it's the third doctor. You know, it's, it's like the whole thing is a, is a giant mess, but uh, that's not what this podcast and, and, about. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Yeah, right. right. So, so that's at the end of the day, that's that. Yeah. But, uh, dude, sorry to hear about that. That's that's lame. <laughs> it's lame. That's really good. Lame. news is uh, the third doctor I saw finally gave me a cortisone shot. And, uh, oh, that, and it's help. like, and so now I'm able to like, it's like, I'd say probably 80% of the pain is, is gone. And he doesn't think it's a full tear because I actually can like lift my arm. Yeah. Which is good news. Um, so anyway, it's a, it's a work in progress. The, but wow. the worst part about it is I can't go mountain biking right now. Oh no! And we live cl- close to some dope spots for we that. We really do. So, um, well, yeah. well, I, now we now we're, we can we can bring it back. I I do want to thank you for your time. I know you got to be somewhere, so I'll let you I'll let you hit the road. We can, yeah. We, I think we're okay for another five ten if you if you really want to. If you cool. Want to so so the uh, the SEP IRA or a Roth IRA? Uh, do you have both or just one? Just right now, it's just the IRA, and then I have a four hundred one k. Oh, from um, through your your yeah. uh, partner's salary, salary. Oh, the salary. Uh, that's right. The salary gig. Man, that's um, cool. Yeah, so that's that's very cool. Um, and then you know, I do think like the the audio equipment I do have. That's an investment. I mm-hmm. really do think so because it is worth it. This doesn't really lose value. No, it doesn't. This Maybe stuff a little been bit. Around. You know. No. No. I guess if you <laughs> that, get, if you if you're getting like that high end stuff like the audio interface like the uh, you have AU interfaces and uh, yeah like yeah. um like the 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 hardware preamps and the hardware EQs that I have those you know new maybe cost a hundred dollars more but often the older stuff is more sought out because yep. it broke it's broken in yep so, totally. That's awesome. You know, that's just another p- fun part about it. Now you have to maintain it, and that's annoying. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So like, that's to me. A, a, that's why I did it. It's a friggin' investment, and I have a bunch of drums, you know, that are are worth something. Yeah, Somebody I'll be sure. Always pay for <laughs> it's, it. You know? It is your entire career. I hope that your drums are worth a little something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's no single vintage lens cost so you're you're starting to post more online on instagram and mm-hmm. uh, twitter and youtube um is there an end goal to that are you trying to eventually just get more clients because of it or are you trying to eventually build an audience that you can instruct and maybe sell something to there aren't a ton of guys and gals that actively tour or actively record that are posting things as much as they should be hmm. If if you were playing on number one hit songs, you probably don't have the time to post and record and do all this stuff. And it might be maybe it's not even so much the time; it's the why would I aspect. You know what I mean? Like I'm on number one songs. Why would I stoop to YouTube videos? Here's why. Yeah, I don't think it's stooping. Mm. I think it's i I think it would only help people who are gonna take your gig eventually. Why would I? Why do I want to help them? Because at some point, (laughs) here's why: because at some point, when you aren't that, you'll still have the gratification of knowing that you help somebody else. Well, hopefully, by then you are doing the number one stuff. You know, yeah. Hopefully, you scale and you grow and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's all that. But for me, like, I I started like, I have this facility, this studio, where it's like. If I record on something, it literally takes me no thought, none, to put a stupid memory card in my Sony A7 III 
hit record and have Final Cut sync it for me. Mm. It takes no thought. Yeah. That's just me being lazy at that point. <laughs> right? Like, I thought about this. I was like... Why I, am I not doing this? Yeah, why am I not doing this? Yeah. It... it it takes no thought. And yeah, we just I, had we just had Christo on the podcast last week, and my his one piece of advice for young creatives starting out would be to document everything, whether yeah. it's a journal or a YouTube or a podcast or something like that. Just because yeah, it's more be- it's going to be more beneficial for you in the future. But uh, but you might help some people along the way. You might, and and you know I can be pretty sarcastic, and I think people like watching that. So mm-hmm. you know if I have a hundred views on something that's a hundred people who know an, another hundred people who know another hundred people who know another hundred people i think about I that care. too yeah because i get like you know each each podcast when it comes out the first week gets a little over 200 listens right now and, it, and it's like it's a grind that's not like as many as i want right now but then i have to remember 200 is a crowd man and it's like a crowd like if you have you know an audience of 200 like i'm sure you've played shows with 200 people and it was a riot oh yeah you know yeah and uh, yeah. and that's kind of what I have to remember. But um, yeah, I think we're we're over five thousand downloads now in, in that's three great, months. Man. And, and you yeah, just started this. Just started three months ago. Yeah, yeah, four months. Four months. Yeah, four months ago. So great. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm stoked on it. And uh, well, this one's easily going to get like twenty five. Yeah, twenty five so. listens probably. Yeah. yeah, drums. I don't drum. Why would I listen to that? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's going to do really well. Well, thank you, man. I, I we should definitely hang out. We live in the yes. same city, and uh, yes. I, I ran into you at Home Depot the other day, which is pretty yes. cool. Yes, yes. I so. mean, Home Depot is is like my third home. Oh, you know, dude, it's like tell me my about house, it. LAX, and Home Depot. Absolutely. So, well, let's uh, let's do it. Let's hang out. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll see you. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around. I'm going to sign off and go to bed. It's 10.20 p.m., and I'm a father of two. So 10 p.m. is kind of like, that's it for me. All right, guys. Appreciate you sticking around. We'll see you next week. Bye.